We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll tell you what, man. You know, I was just trying to stop and think, you know, uh, how do you want to lead into this show today? You know, you lead into the show the same way many times. And for some reason or another, there's somebody out there trying, you know, modern day technology, somebody trying to call me on my cell phone. And knowing that I'm doing my show live right now, so I'm just going to listen to it. Now, who would do that? So I just had to just get rid of them. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to do is I want to lead this show in, in such a way that um, I have to pay tribute. I, I have to pay tribute to a dear friend of mine, of which I lost last week. And uh, that friend of mine is Ron Springs. And I, I want to do it in, in a way of which I just don't want to do it by myself. So I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do um, the type of justice to Ron that I would like to do. Uh, because I'd like for other people to participate. For those of you who do not know, Ron Springs was a man to me that was just, he, he was bigger than life when I met Ron because Ron was a running back from Virginia that uh, attended The Ohio State University when I was there. And Ron uh, shared duties as our tailback with a gentleman by the name of Jeff Logan. And uh, to me, you know, in terms of pure athletic ability, uh, Jeff was a damn good athlete, damn good running back, you know, gained over a thousand yards a couple times, a couple seasons at Ohio State, you know, was the back, the, you know, uh, that uh, the heir apparent to Archie Griffin. And uh, but after Jeff, there was Ron Springs. And it was when you talk about pure athletic ability, when you looked at Ron, Ron was probably one of the, um, you know, premier big backs in, in college football. Ron was in excess of 6'1", I think Ron might have been 6'2". Uh, Ron weighed about, you know, 215 pounds. Uh, Ron was a sprinter. Uh, Ron Springs, if he got ahead of you, you were not catching up with him. And, uh, of course, with that massive offensive line that we had at Ohio State, you know, Ron just, he shined every week. 
But Ron shined not only just as a football player, but he, he was he was always good to the young players. I came in Ohio State as a freshman and and Ron Springs, you know, you know, just took me under his wing. You know, he embraced me. It, you know, the hardest thing I think for people to understand is in professional athletes, you know, in professional football, sports, professional athletics, period, is many times it's hard, but some can make it so easy to embrace somebody who comes to be a part of that team because there's only a certain number of players that can be on a team. And many times when one comes in, that means that you've lost one and that somebody may have replaced somebody else. But it's also a very competitive environment. And it's a situation where either you're going to be on, you're obviously on the same team, but are you going to battle against each other in practice or is that person going to be trying to take the position of one of your best friends? And regardless of what it was, Ron Springs was a kind of teammate. He didn't care if you were part of his team. Ron was a, was a captain at Ohio State, uh, you know, a very bright man. And he had the greatest sense of humor in the world. Ron would just make you, but Ron had, he had, he had sneaky jokes. He'd make a crack, you know, and all of a sudden everybody laughing. Are you looking around and what's going on? And Ron got a look on his face like, he, I, I don't know what's going on. He, like, he ain't said a damn thing. But Ron had that kind of little, that, that slightness about him. And he was, you know, he was just so funny. And as I come on my Facebook, I, I posted, you know, Ron Springs was, you know, in heaven, you know. And everybody was up there laughing because Ron was cracking on Jesus. I mean, that's just the kind of a person that he is. And I know Ron's listening to me right now. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I love him with all my heart and soul. Uh, there's a project that I'm working on that I, I do not want to put it out there. Because if I'm not successful in making it happen, and I will put all the energy that I have behind it to make it happen. But there's a special project that I'm working on that I'd like to you know, reach out uh, to Adrian and to Sean. And also I'm going to need the help of Everson Walls uh, because Everson wrote a book, A Gift for Ron. And as a matter of fact, one of the, the very first, very first show that Dave Dorison hosted here on the Voice America Network, his first show on Double Time with Double D, Everson Walls was his guest. And Everson is the teammate of Ron with the Dallas Cowboys that donated his kidney to to Ron uh, to help prolong his life. And that is just something that, you know, again, just just takes me to a point where uh, I'm trying to figure out why is it that other people haven't done it before, but it lets you know how unique this was and how unique Everson is as a person. And when somebody says they love you, I would die for you. Everson doesn't just talk that. He walks. He does that. He did that. Because many things can go wrong in an operating room. And Ron ended up having complications of his diabetes. Uh, you know, that was going pretty good because, again, he needed that kidney transplant. Everson did that. It took. It went pretty good. Uh, Ron was on his way back somewhat, you know, and then my understanding is that, you know, he had some other issues he was dealing with, uh, you know, a cyst or something I think had to be removed, uh, went in to do that. And when he went in to do that, this was some years ago, fell into a coma, didn't come out of that coma. And I believe, uh, 
the passing was of a heart attack the other day. So uh, Everson, great man. And so those are some people that I want to reach out to. And, and I have something in mind that I'm uh, working on to try to uh, prolong and sustain the legacy of Ron Springs, not just the man, um, not just the football player, but the man, uh, great man, funny man, great teammate. And uh, I'll tell you one time, the Philadelphia Eagles played the Dallas Cowboys, and Ron caught a, a little short hitch out the backfield where, you know, I, you know, he comes out of the backfield, and he was told to attack the strong safety. I know the play. He was told to attack me at my outside shoulder, and I got to make sure he doesn't get outside of me so it made me stretch. And and then he plant his foot and come in at a forty five degree angle right up under the linebacker. And he was he ran the route perfect, and they dumped the ball to him perfect. And one thing that I knew is I had to get on my damn horse because if I didn't, and Ron caught that ball in stride, that if the safety and the linebacker didn't see him coming, we were not going to catch him. I don't think ever in my life if I played football, anybody laughed at me. But Ron Springs was running down the field. His ass was laughing at me because I wasn't catching, and I didn't catch. It was about 60-yard or 65-yard. So uh, that's just one of the memories I have with Ron. You know, Woody Hayes loved him to death. You know, Ron was, Ron was just Ron. For those who know Ron, it, it's hard to find words. You would never think the man was as funny as he was until you got to meet him and spend some time with him. So Ron Springs, I want you to know, man, I love you. God bless you in heaven. Look down on me. Help me. Help me because I need your help. Give me some strength as you're up there. Okay? So uh, let's get a moment of silence because we got to have that because we always do that. Moment of silence for my friend, your friend, Ron Springs. Okay, that was a fast moment because that Ron's fast. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to make it fast. Um, there's a couple other things we want to talk about because I'm sure uh, many of you, just like me, are aware of what's going on in basketball. Basketball. I mean, this is the time of the year. Well, NC2A championship is good. Very, very good. I mean, we all know that it's, it's very good and the games are very competitive. And I don't think the, N- N- the NBA, who I was concerned about, if they could, you know, if they could meet the level of competition and entertainment that we saw this year in the NC2A championships, it would be good. We haven't been disappointed. And, and the reason why we haven't dis- been disappointed is because there's been some upsets. Some things have happened that, let's look at the Lakers. We all know, I don't care who it is, if anybody tells you that the, the Mavericks, they knew the Mavericks were going to sweep the Lakers, they're lying. They're lying. Uh, they're either they're lying or you follow that person every day, everywhere they go, and make sure that they give you a number and you go play the lottery. Because, you know, then you won't be able to play the lottery anymore because you'll be winning all the time because that person is definitely gifted. But nobody thought that was going to happen. So, you know, and, and because of that, we got some, you know, okay, see, okay, Oklahoma is in it. And we thought Oklahoma would be in it because they took the Lakers you know, pretty far last. I think it was the game six. And, and, and possibly we thought they could have took them to a game seven and possibly could have won. So we, we saw what they're showing us now. We expected that. But I don't think certainly what the Mavericks was able, what they were able to do. 
And I'm not so sure. And I, I got to give them credit because there are many times when people say this, you know, did they beat that team or did that team lose the game? It's not giving credit to somebody who went out and worked their ass off and had an outstanding game. Because many times you're consistent, but sometimes you have that exceptional game when you're in that zone and people have to acknowledge that. So on it, that's why it's any given Sunday, because sometimes you can play over and above. Notice records aren't broke every day. Notice when somebody runs their fastest, they don't turn around and run faster than that the next day or faster than that the day after that and faster than that. No, it doesn't happen. Every now and then, you know, preparation meets that opportunity and bam. You do something very special. So the Mavericks has done something very special. And I, I'm, man, when I look at the Mavericks, and they're about to play tonight, and I look at, you know, OKC, you know, I think it's played out for them just the way it needs to play out in order for them to be ready for this game. What do I mean by that? The old team, the Dallas Mavericks, they, the old team needed some rest. So they got some rest. Yeah, they're a little chippy because they're ready to play somebody else. But the old, in order to give us their best, in order for this to be a good series, for them to be very competitive and possibly win after they beat the Lakers and, and all the energy they had to exert in order to do that, they needed to get some rest. So that's good. Now, OKC, Oklahoma, a young team. They need to keep playing basketball. Y'all know what happens when young fellas get time off. It's just, you know, you're not accustomed to being that kind of pro that you need to be. So you don't need time off. You need to keep playing. Your body can even, it can handle that. It can handle the day-to-day wear and tear of playing basketball every day because that's what you do when you're young. You play basketball all the time, every day, anyway. So... OKC needed to have an extended series to keep them playing all the time so they would be able to give us their best game when they go up against the team that they're going to play, which is the Dallas Mavericks. So the preparation for both of these teams to play each other, the script couldn't have been written any better. Dallas needed some time to recover if they want to challenge OKC. OKC, Oklahoma City, needed to have a tough matchup consistent over a series extended series so that they'd be ready to play this game. Because, again, if they'd had time off, if it would have been the reverse, Dallas would be beat up and probably not ready to put on a good show. And OKC, all this time off, what, 8, 10 days, they'd be out of shape. The fellas probably would have been doing things they shouldn't have been doing. You know what happens. You read the media. You listen to the shows. You know, they'd be in court someplace. Well, speaking of court... We got to take a break and we'll take up some court on the other side. I, I think a counselor, an attorney is going to be calling pretty soon. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in fitness, living like it matters. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, and we're back. You're listening to Railless Sports. On the Voice America Network, I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I hope my microphone wasn't down too low. I hope you uh, heard me rejoin. Um, I was actually looking at something, but uh, not going to talk about that quite yet. I uh, want to go back, if we could, to uh, the NBA a little bit. And, uh, you know, as we were talking there, as uh, we are going to break, uh, talking about, them, of course, uh, taking it to the court. And, uh, you know, them, of course, being uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And, and you know me, I, I don't like a whole lot of Dallas anything. Uh, but the Dallas Mavericks, of course, are going to be uh, challenged. Um, and they are going to be uh, challenged by uh, Oklahoma City. And, you know, uh, I didn't get a chance to see the, the post-game commentaries when – uh, Oklahoma City won, but you know, I know Charles and and Mo Cheeks was was kind of playing with each other a little bit. I think I I really think, and, and when I say this about Charles was playing a little bit, you know, Charles has been making jokes about uh, Mo Cheeks not passing him the ball and giving the ball to Dr. J. And you know, excuse me, what was that, man? Did you do that in my mic? Uh, anyway, Charles Barkley. As I always made jokes about Mo Cheeks not passing him the ball. I, Charles, I, man, I love him to death. But I do remember when Charles came into Philadelphia, Charles did not want to wait for the throne to be passed to him. Charles came out the block, 
you know, give me the ball. Charles wanted the ball right away. Charles felt like he he should he the ball should go through him. And Mo, who is that point guard, he you know, every, you know very few times if they ever ran a fast break, if they ever got a ball, a rebound, was that ball passed to anybody other than Mo Cheeks when he was on the court? Sometimes when Andrew was there, it'd be passed to Andrew, but even then Andrew was getting that ball back into Mo's hands, and, and then Mo was going to get it back to Andrew's hand. So get a rebound, boom, Doc them passed it, Drew, Drew passed it to Mo, Mo might give it back to Andrew, boom, he had a long jumper. When Charles came onto the scene, Charles wanted the ball to go from Mo to him, to somebody else. But the thing that Charles is not saying, and that's my man, I love him to death, is that when Charles got the ball, Charles didn't pass the ball <laughs> to too many people. And, and Charles was one of those, he was going you know, he was gonna back you up, he's gonna post you up, you know, it's gonna take him some time to get you in the position where he wanted you. He's gonna throw a couple moves on you, you know, fake you, get you up off your feet, get the three-point play, old-fashioned way. But come on, Chuck, you know you didn't give it back up. So in terms of extended play, you know, ball going through a couple different people, moving around. Mm. So most of the time when Mo would pass the ball to Doc on a fast break, of course, you know how Doc finished his fast breaks, you know, with some highlight films. But also, you know, Doc, too, was, was like Charles. If it's a set offense, Doc wasn't giving it up too many times either. I don't know if Doc... His record shows a lot of assists. Uh, and so if Mo got assist, Mo would get an assist because he was going to pass it from, it go from him to Doc, boom, assist. From him to Charles, boom, assist. Now, if you want to see, you know, truly uh, what happens after Doc, look, that's what you need to do. Look at Doc and look at Charles, the time they played together, and see how many assists they have. And then we could have a conversation with Charles about that. But I say all that is because, you know, Charles made the, the joke and then Mo got a chance to respond. And when I saw Mo respond, you know, Mo can be a little chippy sometimes. And shout out to Mo too. Mo Cheeks, of course, man, is one of my favorite all-time guards. I was there when they won that championship. And, uh, you know, and, and you know, I'm not going to say me and Mo hang out, but, you know, I do know Mo. And uh, I do know that Mo is... You know, he, he got a chip on his shoulder. He played with a chip on his shoulder, smiled after they won games, you know, but Mo played with a chip on his shoulder. And I, I really don't believe that Mo really liked these little jokes that Charles keep talking about. He wouldn't pass him the ball uh, because he did. But but Mo knew, hey, he knew what buttered his bread at that time, and that was sending the ball to die. But I say all this because Mo Cheeks is the assistant coach over there with Oklahoma City. And uh, not only that, Mo's teammate, Scotty Brooks, you know, is, is the head coach. And uh, I will tell you this, you know, when I see those guards play, now, I'm not going to say that Charles is, is the reason that the message got through that, that Westbrook started passing the ball the way he should. Because I'm sure Mo has told him a long time ago, listen, Mo Cheeks, Mo could get any shot. He Mo could have got more shots if he wanted to. If if Mo Cheeks come from West West Texas down there, if Mo wanted to, you know, just take it and go to the hole. Mo could go to the hole. If Mo wanted to get a jump shot off, Mo could get a jump shot off. But Mo was a true point guard, 
And Charles had been saying the whole time that if OKC was going to win, that it wasn't going, they weren't going to win with Michael Westbrook playing the game that he was playing to continue to hold on to the ball and not get the other guys involved in the game. And certainly not when you got, you know, you got Durant on your team, you know, leading scorer in the league last couple years, certainly up at the top if he won, if he didn't win both scoring titles, the ball should be going through him. He'll get it back to you, but it certainly should be going through him. Don't go a, a lengthy period of time and not let him touch the ball. So I say that because that's how they end up winning the game. Now, did they listen to what Charles said? There's too many people. The athletes that are playing today, that they will reference some of the comments that's been made about them that they've heard these commentators make. So I don't know if Westbrook would come out and say, hey, I heard, because I didn't see the post-game commentary. Hey, I heard what Charles was saying that made sense to me. Or that Mo heard what Charles was saying that made sense to him. Or that, because Mo knew this. Mo, Mo knew what Charles was saying was the truth. I just wonder, I'd like to hear that conversation between Mo and Charles over soft drink as to, okay, Chuck, man, you know I heard what you were saying. You know I know it's the truth, but I'm, I got a young boy out here, and I, I can't get him to do what we know he needs to do. But I guess I'm just trying to give it up to Charles Barkley because, again, Charles has demonstrated to us on many occasions that he knows this game, and he knows this game well. He knows how to play it, one of the greatest of all time, and he certainly knows what it takes to win. And in that particular case, somebody... You know, you, you, you got to give it up to Charles, but, but you don't have to give it up to Charles because if, if Charles, again, if people of like minds get together, you should, hear, you should hear the same things coming from them, particularly if they're trying to give you a blueprint of how to win. It, that, that, that was it. That's all Chuck was doing was giving, you know, his version of a blueprint of how they could possibly win and the only way they were possibly going to win. And, and, I, and it could be that they won some games before that and not spreading the ball around and, 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 and Westbrook not getting everybody into play. And, and he could have wanted to let people know we can win this way too, but I know how to play that game. I, I, I know how to play the game that I should play, and I'm going to demonstrate that, and I'm going to play it, and we're going to win. And, and they won. And I'm glad they won because, you know, it, it's, it's time for a change. And shout out to Doc Rivers because, you know, one of the things that Doc Rivers did is Doc Rivers made a change in which wasn't the right change. He should have never got rid of the big fella, but, but, but he did. And, and so now he, he's regretted, and he's been man enough to say that he you know, made a mistake. And, and, and so now Oklahoma City has a player on his team playing that, that, that should have been with the Celtics, and it might have changed. Maybe LeBron wouldn't be in right now. Maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't be LeBron in, in this particular series. Now, that just gives me a chance to kind of segue a little bit into the other side, the other conference. And, and when you look at the other conference and you look at Chicago and you look at LeBron, and, of course, LeBron is in a position right now where you know, I you know, I don't think there's enough people out there that have yet given him the credit he deserves. It was premature in terms of the celebration, doing his decision, and all that, and even the celebration after they won. 
but a lot of people didn't feel that they would be able to get past Boston. And and they did. And that was kind of a premature celebration only because, you know, that's not really it's not just about it ain't about Boston. And, you know, so so that is but but LeBron, you know, he he just he wanted to do they needed to do that. They needed to do that. But but again, that's a little premature. But there were a lot of people that said that the problem was going to be, you know, not even were they going to be able to win a championship, but they weren't even going to be in contention for a championship because, you know, they weren't going to be able to get past Boston. And, and, and I don't care what happened. You could say, you know, injuries and all that, but when you make those kind of comments, you have to take all things into consideration. And that is, it's a long season. You know, people get hurt. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Shaq may not be healthy. You know, somebody may get traded. You know, you got to take all those things into consideration. And, and if you don't take those things into consideration and, and, and you have a, an opinion that you think is valid and you put it forth and it doesn't come to fruition, then you got to accept it. And so, you know, hey, uh, the way you look at it right now, a lot of people got egg in their face because they didn't think that LeBron James and Dwayne Wade uh, were going to make it pass the Boston Celtics, and they did. And uh, those people need to step up and say, okay, LeBron, you did that, but that that's not it. You got to finish. Uh, so for this far, LeBron has a notch in his belt. But I'm going to talk on the other side of the break. I'm going to talk about the one loss that they have already to Chicago. But it's not like, you know, that's the end. That's, you know, it was one game. They lost a the game. It was in Chicago. I think Chicago had the home court advantage. And so they're expected. In fact, people who are picking Miami, you know, it's not really like Miami's supposed to win the series. Chicago is supposed to win the series. Okay, I'm going to come on the other side of the break and we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk a little bit about Dallas because I got somebody from Dallas on the line. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Mixtapes.com. You hear that music, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And um, we were just talking about something that mattered to this person that's on the line with me that joined me, and I'm so happy that she did. Uh, and that is, uh, a cur- of course, uh, Kim Harper, who is our good friend. Uh, many times I like to look and refer to her as our legal analyst. And she happens to... Uh, uh, live down in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I don't know why, uh, and I and I and I think she's become an avid uh, Dallas whatever kind of fan. Whatever they play, she's supporting. And so, uh, with that being said, uh, Kim, I'm I'm sure uh, you were happy when the Mavericks swept the Lakers, and. Absolutely. And, of course, you're looking forward to the series coming up. I don't expect you to say anything other than Dallas is going to win. But, uh, you know, being the the person that you are, having some, you know, athletic background, you know, of course, working in the field and having to take an unbiased, you know, approach many times because you might have athletes that you represent, you know, on different sides of the bench. Uh, But looking at this, let's look at it as if they both were your clients. Truly, do you think the Dallas Mavericks – uh, can can win this series um, and and perhaps maybe get a chance to to bring a title home to uh, th- what would they would have to play the next series, but at least get into a championship series uh, with either the LeBron or Derrick Rose uh, on the other side of the uh, conference bracket. So you, you think Dallas could actually uh, beat Oklahoma City? Uh, absolutely, and and not that OK City has not done well. They have done very well to get this far, but so has Dallas. And what you've got, what you've got to look at is the entire semifinal series, both East and West Conference. There has been outstanding play on both sides. Sweeping the Lakers 
even though we swept the Lakers and people would look at it and say 4-0, it was not an easy task. It's not like we went over there and romped on their butts every game. This was an all-drag-out all fight. And I think the semifinal series with all the teams are going to be the very same thing. It's going to be, it, it, it's going to be, um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, you know, a cakewalk, but I definitely think we can do it. Now, whether or not we bring home the championship, it's definitely going to depend on who we end up facing. Um, but, of course, I'm rooting for the Mavs, so go well, Mavs. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, even though you swept the Lakers, you know, I, I don't think, and some people think if it's a sweep, then it was easy. I, I don't think sweeping the Lakers was easy. I think you guys, you know, obviously play, the Lakers didn't play their best basketball, but I think Dallas, as it was witnessed in one of those games with all those three points they made, I think they played some of their best basketball uh, in order for them to, to beat the Lakers and really took, t- took the heart out of the Lakers. I mean, I don't think people realize, you know, not only was it not easy, but a team that perhaps maybe you know, finds himself in a challenge like the Lakers found himself in, it can take a lot of years off of your life. So that Laker team that everybody thought could come back and do a three-peat, they became old very quickly in that series. You guys took a lot out of them, so much so that I don't know if that team will be the same team next year at all. And so... With you. I agree with you, and what you got to realize is that everybody can't repeat. Doing, getting two rings back-to-back is tough, but everybody ain't Michael Jordan and the Bulls, so it's not like you can go in there and just sweep teams. These games are tough, and it requires a great deal of tenacity and concentration and teamwork. If one player cannot be on, the team has to be on, and when one person slacks up, the other people have to pick up the slack, and I think Dallas just played very very good, clean, aggressive team ball, and that's what took the series. And there, but 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 Kim, there's some other things that went on there too. I mean, uh, let's say post series, some things have come out. And one thing that you notice is important in sports is team chemistry. And it seems that the, the chemistry that was once there amongst the Lakers does not exist anymore with this team uh, because of some off the field. Uh, ish, off the court, if you will, issues uh, that have um, you know come to light, uh, which I don't want to go into in great detail because I, I don't know myself, so I don't want to perpetuate any lies. But I've heard these things. But you know, team chemistry is extremely important. It didn't seem as if the Lakers had it. Absolutely, and and you cannot uh, underestimate the psychological uh, effects of that type of confusion and distractions with each other. When you don't work well with your team or your colleagues, it does take away from the game, even momentarily, especially when the people on the other side of the court are gelling. They are working together. They are making sure that they have bonded well and know what the game is and know what they plan to do and are are fervent in getting that, that accomplished. So uh, there's no doubt that the Lakers had some uh, off-court issues, and it did definitely affect play, not to take away anything from the Mavs, because with all that being said, 
they still had to play good basketball to beat the Lakers. Yeah, they did, and I and I, and I agree with you one hundred percent. And I, I don't. I said before, I really don't like when we find reasons or excuses for another team losing. Let let's give what's deserving to the victor what they deserve. And so I, I do want to give the Mavericks, you know, what they deserve. But I certainly also. Uh, want to be realistic and understand that any type of distraction, particularly when somebody's hitting you in your throat, you know, every time they come down with them three pointers, you know, yeah. that's got to be taken in consideration. OK, let's move to something else. Okay. And, and, and this is something where, uh, you know, it's an issue, but it's not an issue. It, it's, it's off the court in the fields of play, but yet and still it's on that there is a. Uh, the executive uh, for the Phoenix Suns, and I believe he's the president or press maybe the, the GM, uh, Rick Welts, I think is his proper name, uh, pronunciation of his name. He's 58 years old, but he has announced uh, for the public to know uh, that he's a gay man. And uh, he actually took the opportunity, uh, I think it was an interview of which uh, in the New York Times he was being interviewed. And uh, I think... You know, it had a lot to do with the fact that, uh, you know, a comment, well, let's say it wasn't a comment, it was a slur that came out of the lips, from the lips of Kobe Bryant, that kind of got him to thinking, and and he revealed his uh, preference, his sexuality. Um, where in sports, professional sports, do you believe, uh, is is there a place for one's choice, one's right to be um, gay, openly gay, uh, and I and I say that uh, again uh, because what we want to do is we want to we want to think about this is that some people are okay with it, some people are against it. Uh, some of the fans that are for it come to basketball games and football games and baseball games, and some that are against it, they come too, and. And so you want your entire fan base to be welcome. And so those who are for or who are against are there in the audience. Right. Do, you, do you think one way or the other what their opinion is will be reflected, you know, in attendance or comments? Because well, I truly believe that a person has the right to do and live their life the way they choose because I am not the one who, when it's ultimately said and done, that you're going to stand in front of me and I'm going to say you did the right thing or the wrong thing. I'm trying to do the right thing. So, uh, so just give me your opinion, your, your professional opinion first as to would this or should this affect his job or the business of basketball? Well, I really don't think it's going to affect that because one thing that sports has been able to do is trans. You might have an opinion, but it does tend to transcend a whole lot of issues. Um, I don't think anybody is going to not attend a Phoenix Suns game because a non-player or one of the front office personnel is gay. As a matter of fact, this may start a whole coming out thing because just yesterday, again, Don Lemon, CNN reporter, uh, announced that he was gay. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a whole lot of things that are going on. Um, and, and in terms of it being whether or not it should be in sports, really whether everybody just assumes you're heterosexual. Um, whether or not your sexuality should or should not be discussed, uh, my personal opinion is it shouldn't be because I'm not paying you to be homosexual or heterosexual. I'm paying you, if I'm a GM or a manager or an owner, 
I'm paying you to go out there and play basketball, period. If when you stop, when your homosexuality or your anything else becomes uh, detrimental to the team or detrimental to you performing the task I'm paying you for, then we need to discuss that. But short of that or any criminal activity, because I do think if it were a criminal offense, that should be taken into consideration because it's detrimental to the image of the team. Short of that, it should not be an issue. Now, having said that, I understand why some players don't like that because as a man, you don't want another man because y'all are good about hitting each other on the behind. <laughs> no one's saying that, yeah, yeah, good job. You might think it's differently if a gay guy doesn't. But I, I would tell all athletes this. The gay community... It's not a recruiting community. It's not like the NAACP or the KKK or the Zeta Phi Betas or the Capitals or the Qs. They don't go out and recruit, recruit people to be gay. Either you are or you're not. They don't discuss it with anybody that they don't think is going to be okay with it. So if you're in the locker room and you're walking around, nine times out of ten a gay guy knows who is and who's not gay and they're not going to be walking around going "Ooh, i bet i could recruit him to be gay they're not they're not going to do it to you so you should be less concerned about that man because it's just like in the army don't throw one man in there too yeah and women too <laughs> they just don't the gay community does not recruit you to be gay they accept you and love you when you say you are, if you're open, but they don't recruit you to be gay. Well, and Kim, let me say this. I just want to break in because we got a, another minute. Then we're going to come back on the other side. But one thing about it is, you know, particularly from what I have heard about in the locker rooms, whether they be men or women, that that lifestyle exists in the locker room. And I'm telling you, I've been in locker rooms my whole life. And if you're going to tell me it was in my locker room, I did not see that. So, so, so you said that, you know, you can tell I, I'm not gay and I don't have anything against gay men, but obviously there's been some gay men that's been in these locker rooms and I yes. just find that I, I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I mean, honestly, everybody's all right. Come on. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm shocked. You're absolutely correct. But you have to understand, uh, as a black man, when we look at certain light skins, black brothers and sisters, and some people may or may not be able to tell that they're mixed. Can't you always tell? Oh, because I, you're black. If you were gay and you had another man and you were looking at him, you would be in a, more, in a better position to tell whether or not that man was gay. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. Because I, I want people to understand what I'm saying in terms of the locker room is just that you can't always tell that there's somebody there. And what's, 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 bad, what's bad about that, and I'm going to have to finish that on the other side, is because I'm sure there's probably been some people that have been very offended by some things that may have been said in those locker rooms Absolutely. as it relates to those people that are gay. Just like when you talk about a mixed person, somebody could say something very offensive, not knowing that that, that mixed person you know, is mixed. But anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. You're listening to Rail of Sports from the Voice America Network. Have Miss Kim Harper with me, attorney Kim Harper. And we're going to come back and finish our conversation on the other side of the break. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Sports Network. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And certainly uh, appreciate uh, Kim Harper being able to stop by and visit with us for a few minutes, giving us her uh, personal and legal opinion uh, as to uh, the aspect of the fact that people, regardless of what your sexual orientation is, uh, gay or straight, you have a right to participate, you have a right to work, and to feel, feel very comfortable uh, in a professional sporting environment or any other kind of sporting environment. Uh, and, uh, and me sharing my perspective from, you know, hearing that for years, perhaps maybe without my knowledge, there have been gay men and gay women in locker rooms. Um, uh, but but the, the concern of some is that when we start... Uh, throwing around the openly gay, which, again, if you're openly straight, why can't you be openly gay? You know, it's almost like, um, you know, how can you prevent a person from being as they, those who are gay feel like this is what, how they were made. And so it's not up to me to judge. And so, you know, my thing is, I always go to Rodney Kingway. Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> okay. So whatever your choice is, uh, you know, live free and everybody, we all going to have a day with our maker and he's going to ask us why for every question that he has, uh, you better have an answer good, bad or indifferent than the person that comes behind you, because guess what? Their answer ain't going to help you. You got to help yourself. You got to be held accountable for what you do right and what you do wrong. 
And so don't you shouldn't care about what anybody else said. You should be respectful. And and if you decide that you want to live a lifestyle that's not what we call I don't know why we call it the, you know something that's that say it's an alternative. Well, if that's what you call it and that's what you want to live, you're free to live your life the way you want to live your life. And so, um, you know, I, and here's the thing about it. And when Miss Harper comes back, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I remember when Dennis Rodman was playing for the Chicago Bears. I don't think, I mean, the Chicago Bulls. I don't think he was making a mockery. Uh, Dennis happened to, you know, to like cross-dressing and drag and, and hang out. And have I guess that was he, he he felt comfortable doing that, you know. And so because he felt comfortable doing that, you know, he did it. And and did that affect who he was in terms of uh, the Chicago Bulls performance on the basketball court? Hell no. This man is going into the NBA Hall of Fame. Now, I've said this before. What's going to happen if Dennis Rodman decides to show up in drag? Guess what? Now, to help my man out, he just might do that. Just to let people know, this is the, this is the same Dennis Rodman that was grabbing them rebounds. Not to say that he's gay or not. It's just to let you know that y'all seen me dressed like this before. Don't be surprised I'm showing up like this today. But is that taken away from the game of basketball? No. You can't take away the rebounds that he had. You know? No. And so... It's something, it's out there. Will more people step out and step up and say that they are? I'm not sure. Do they have the right to? You shouldn't have to. You are what you are. You don't have to tell people. But there's some people that have a position of which they feel that they can use this platform to help other people who may not be comfortable in coming out with it. And so... You know, you may hear more about it. You may not hear more about it. But I tell you what you're going to hear more about. You're going to hear more about right now from me. About the Chicago Bulls. Just talked about, again, the great Dennis Rodman. And, of course, LeBron James and the Miami Heat. Now, I, I, this is, I got a theory that everybody's going to think this theory is just kind of crazy. And everybody's going to think, mm, that don't make any sense. But first of all, I'm going to stick with this. I am going to stick with the fact that you need a consistent big three to win championships. I don't think it's, you know, you can't, you know, oh, you got somebody here and somebody there. That third piece is interchangeable. No, that fourth and that fifth piece, their performance can be interchangeable, but the big three need to be consistent. And if you just go down the history of those teams of which you've heard about dynasties, it's a big three. There lies a big three in basketball. I am telling you the most important thing that happened Sunday, people tend to overlook. And you could just look at history and it will tell you that LeBron James is not going to consistently have a mediocre game throughout a series. With the exception of maybe before he left Cleveland, there were some issues that perhaps, but LeBron James is not consistently over seven games going to be a slouch. 50% of the time, beyond 50% of the time, 60% of the time, he's going to play damn well. Well, that's all you got to do in a five-game series, okay? Now, let me say this. Dwayne Wade is not going to a, go into a slump where for seven games or five games, he's going to be in a slump. That's not going to happen. The person that the Miami Heat was concerned about 
to make sure that that person did not go into a slump, performed well. Chris Bosh. See, I think that people are looking at that whole loss the wrong way. The most important thing of that loss was how Chris played. He played outstanding. And that is what Miami needed to do, to see that he could have that kind of performance. Because now Dwayne and the King, they about to turn it on. I'm telling you, the faucet is about to turn on, the water about to be running, and the bulls about to be drowned. It, it's, it's over with. I'm telling you, there's no doubt in my mind who's going to win this series. Now, I may have to come back and eat some words. I doubt it because I think that Chris Bosh's performance on Sunday was what LeBron and D-Wade wanted to see. And they wanted to show everybody else what he can do, and he did it. Now, was it playing that way? No. But what I'm saying is the fact that it happened, and that's all they needed to do. He no longer is stage fright. Stage fright is gone now. That man in the game, he is a contributor. He is the final piece to that big three. And this series right here, it belongs to them. Now, remember I said it. LeBron, he going to get his first ring this year let me just say this too the real number 27 finally stepped up after all these years and he got what he deserved who was that from the ohio state university eddie george yeah i was just faking it eddie was making it eddie george congratulations college football hall of fame man you deserve it i'm happy for you my man make that number look good okay I'm just going to play with it while I can. Every now and then I let people know that I, I put that number on, but you retired that number. That's what we need to do at The Ohio State University. Again, Eddie George, shout out. Hall of Fame. Appreciate it. That's the College Hall of Fame. Uh, hey, Eddie might make it in the can. I don't know, but we never know. But for now, God bless you, Ron. I love you, man. I hope to see you there. One, I will see you there one day. Crack on Jesus, man, but give me a break, all right? <laughs> all right, it's that time. You've been listening to that show, Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Miss you, Ron. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.